Hello and welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. This episode is with Gordy Land, who is an artist and a creative director. And his story is a cool one because he comes from a world of music and playing in bands, and then goes to a world of doing more design and art outside of music. He's worked with Modson, MGK, Black Bear. There's all sorts of cool ties in his story that bring the worlds of art, skateboarding, music all together. And my favorite part about this episode was his relentless pursuit to just chase art and do nothing else. It was so inspiring to me. With that, let's get right into the episode. Enjoy. Where are all my friends? Sitting down with Gordy, or commonly known as Gordy Land. And we had a little debate before we started recording if we say the name, but I feel like you're Gordy. I know you as Gordy or Gordy Land. It's a... Uh... It is that is the name. It's the name. That's the name. That is. I've been divergent from my government name for about seven years now. That's what I'm saying. And it's like, yes, I know <laughs> you do have a proper name, and that's the professional way. I get it. I know you're leveling up in your career, but like, you're Gordy, dude. It, it, it happened. I know. Gordy Land. I know. I was just on the phone with. I had a call. I was telling you about earlier. Yeah. Somebody very, very important and high up in the world. He he got on the phone and he's like, "Hey, is this is this Gordy?" Eric, Eric Gorvin, what is Gordy? And I was like, it's Gordy, bro. And he's like, see? Oh, all right, man, Gordy, great to meet you, man. And I was like, yeah, it feels better. It's that. That's what it feels yeah. like. And I know a lot you. of really lame Eric, so. Yeah. Luckily, I have a whole thing. Anytime I meet an Andrew, I, I start out the gate. I'm like, I haven't met many bad Andrews. Don't fuck this up. <laughs> Don't fuck this up for me. <laughs> I see, I'm serious, man. It's a name. I'm like, this is a good name. It's not Andy. It's not yeah, true. If you're going to go true. by Andrew, like, just like, really like good point. do the community a favor and don't be a piece <laughs> of shit. Don't fuck it up. Yeah, that's all I'm asking. I don't want to give any bad cred or, sorry, bad vibes to any cool Eric's out there. I know a lot of cool Eric's. Yep. I got some cool Eric friends. The problem is there's too many of us. There's a lot of Eric's. There's like, th I have like 30 in my phone book. Higher margin of error. Less so Andrews, much. a third Andrews, <laughs> a third of the Andrews, maybe less. Higher margin of error, I like that. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say higher margin of Eric. Higher like, margin of error. Interesting. <laughs> but uh, I'm excited for this episode. Yeah, me too. As if you're watching and not listening, we're in a different space because we are in your creative studio. Certainly. And it is so fucking cool. Yes. Like. We were talking back and forth about doing the podcast and you're like, I'm, I'm so in, but I have this idea. Like, I just got this space. I'm so excited. Yes. What if we do it here? And you sent me a photo and I was like, say less. I wish this was the Where Are All My Friends studio. <laughs> it's not, but I'll do what I can and I'll take one episode here. Absolutely. Yes. I like that it's like sort of a, I know that you've done satellite ones before, right? Absolutely, yeah. But um, I like that it's kind of rare. It's rare. Yeah. And I would say that it's like we did the full setup. Like mm -hmm. it's we did the both of the cameras. Right. We did the lights. Like we did the proper. Mm -hmm. We took the time to set it up. It's true. You were a very accommodating host at the studio. You know, I try to find you all the extension cords I don't have. I and, think we did uh, good. We did. We, we made it happen. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really excited about this. And I think that being here and sitting down here represents a lot of what we're going to talk about yes. because I have watched you level up in your career time and time again. I met you through music years ago. I think we were talking about it. It's got to be Mike Zemer. It has to be Mike Zemer. It's got to be him. He, he connects a lot of dots. <laughs> he is a connector. Yes. Yes. But <laughs> that was like my, the amount of life you've lived and things that you've done since those days is crazy. It's crazy. And since then I've watched it, you know, mm -hmm. kind of from afar, we'll see each other every now and then, but like, I watch it and I'm like, wait, what? And it's more and more and more and all these new things. And you've gone out of music and you've done all these other cool things. You've worked with girl skateboards. You've worked with other companies. You've leveled up 
from uh, I would call you now a creative director. Certainly. But before I maybe more of just a designer. Correct. And that's what I want to talk about because yeah. this podcast has started with very heavy roots in music, but has really become people who have succeeded doing what they love in a creative career. Right. And what a what a perfect example of that totally having you yeah and kind of you know i think it's interesting because my genesis is in music and music has been such like a seminal force in my life the cool part about this is yeah it's your podcast and like this started in music as well and branched out in the same way that i feel like i did as an individual like a river has tributaries that like leads to so many things and like music is like a a binding force in my life and I feel yes. like in a lot of people's lives yes. as far as like where they maybe first found community where they first found maybe their passion you know like I know a lot of uh, photographers who started by shooting bands yeah and they, they they were like this is amazing I want to do this forever yeah and now they're shooting ad campaigns for Target or whatever you Dude. know and it's like that started there started in music and when I got the chance to go to China, this is like really fast forwarding, but <laughs> I was thinking about this and I was like, holy shit, I'm here because of music and skateboarding. That's why I'm here. That's trippy. That's the thing though. It's and crazy. like you said, community and that mm -hmm. that's it to me. Like I didn't, not that I didn't have friends in school, but it was just like, I didn't really have anything that I cared about. I didn't deeply relate to anyone. Right. And then I started skateboarding. I got into cars and I found music. Mm -hmm. And those were the things where I like really found roots and found community. And the thing itself matters so much less than what it brings. Totally, and you've got like, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm so afraid it's like too far away. I appreciate that. I, I, the, worst, <laughs> the worst thing that can happen, <laughs> you'll get a really animated guest and they'll be like, so then. Yeah, and whoa, whoa, whoa. It's the worst. Um, with regards to music and skateboarding and community, I think the thing that I noticed first and foremost, looking back on that journey and thinking about it, like from a now adult perspective, is like you have all of these kids who are coming into both of those um, places that are from so many different places in life and, yeah. and demographically and like come from different families and different, I mean, it was the first time that I ever had like a mixed nut group of friends that was like, I was a suburban kid, you know, and if I would have just hung out with all the kids in my neighborhood, it would have just been like a bunch of white suburban kids, you know, and it's like skating. It's like you got no and no, no problem with any of these. I'm just being descriptive. It's like you have kids from the trailer park. Yep. You have kids who just moved here from a, another town and don't know anybody. You've got the preppy kids. You've got the punk rockers. Yep. And if you skated you're all welcome here. Didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't matter. Didn't matter. You want to call out mob? Yeah, cool. Like, what's your name? Oh, I'm Dusty. Awesome. Cool. American, you know, whatever. Dude, so. that's so true. Like, I was thinking about that because I grew up in like Tampa, Clearwater area. Oh, and yeah, that's right. Florida has like this. a crazy mixed bag. Big time. And it was so early in my life, all of those hobbies was everyone. Right. It was the most right. mixed group of people. Totally. And it taught me like treat people like people. It yes. doesn't matter anything past that. Yes. And that's, I, I never really pinpointed that it yeah it's just felt major natural. major and it's like once you look back on it you're like oh wow like so grateful to have had that and yeah. so grateful especially with music because even to this day i was telling you earlier it's like everything leads back to music for me it's like it's like a the it's forever like the island on lost it literally just keeps going <laughs> it keeps going back there and it's maybe it's not back there in a career type of way but it's like still so omnipresent 
you know? And it kind of like finds its way back. I remember when I tried to quit playing music uh, in college, I became a DJ, like sort of just naturally. Like I was like, oh yeah, I should get turntables. I don't know, sounds fun. Yeah. And boom, now I'm DJing. Now I have gigs. Now I can't stop DJing because I people are booking me. I'm like, fuck, all right, I'm gonna quit DJing. And then my friend is like, no, you're not. And I was like, I am. And then it was like next month, they're like, do you want a gig? I was like, yeah, I guess. It's always gonna go back there. It's always gonna end up back in music. And I think that's beautiful. You were saying that. You know? And I was just remembering, like you would have pretty consistently DJ sets throughout LA. Like just I was as like, like a, the you res- just do that. Yeah, man. I was the resident DJ at On The Rocks above the Roxy for almost three years. Yeah. Yeah. So it was every weekend, sometimes twice a weekend, sometimes three times a week, like private parties and whatever, like, you know, shouts out Medford, shouts out um, Cisco and all the On the Rocks family, Burn. Um, But (laughs) it was like, here again, family, community, like it really like brought it together. No Fast and Furious uh, reference there, but um, (laughs) brought it all together. And um, it gave me another outlet to do music, you know, all the while still doing design stuff all the while. And actually I took over there guess you could call it their marketing like i did all their flyers too so it was i remember that era whole era dude like i wanted to make a coffee table book out of it because it seemed like dude i did all these i did like probably like 200 300 you know like it was every weekend for like three years it was so long it was so many pieces it's It's so crazy and and like again i'm so excited to talk to you because we've known each other as like casual friends and i've seen what you've done but i don't really know how it all ties together so like my early memories of you was, I think, back at Mike Zemer's house when he lived in Koreatown. Yep. And I kind of just knew you as the dude. I knew you. I thought of you as an artist. Mm-hmm. I for sure thought of you as an artist. I remember you were always making some type of design, painting, drawing, yep. flyer, something. I didn't know later that you, until later that you DJed. I don't know if you ever played in bands. Yeah. Okay. That was my first shit. Okay. Yeah. And then I know that you did a bunch of stuff with Mod Sun. Yeah. And yeah, you, you're from time. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me and Mod Sun go way back. And then you went full on into girls. Like, take me back. Okay. Like, paint, paint okay. This let's here. do this. Let's, let's do this. Let's get in here. I am going to try to give you a condensed version yeah, so that we're not here for 45 version. minutes. But because um, I also, after that, <laughs> want to get into like, now that you're in this position yeah. as like a creative director and you're leveling up, I, I really want to share this path and like this story mm-hmm. to hopefully inspire listeners to show just how much is possible and right. how much you've done and tried to find where you're at now and right. found that success. So right. that's why I'm asking. Totally. That's why I want to hear it. It's a, I think a quest to figure out, <laughs> to find where you get in and how you fit in. Right. Like Facts. that's, that's where it's we're at. always trying to figure always. it out. I feel like it's ever evolving. It's forever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's never going to end, which is, Maybe is a good thing. But so anyway, in uh, high school yeah. is where I was in bands. I started being in bands when I was 12 years old. Oh, wow. So I was like, we were in our, our first death metal band was called um, Black Peach. And it was me and a guitar player. And all I had was a snare drum. Oh my God. So amazing. That was, so it was like before puberty. Like if you listen to our demo tapes, we're like, hey, man. Like it's crazy. You um, really did the thing. Yeah, really. Yeah. Wow. So my friend was like, we're starting a band because his friend had started or his brother had started a band. So yeah. we we're like, oh, we we're yeah. all just like looking up to his brother who were like, they were like 15 and smoke cigs and were cool and shit. So <laughs> we we started that band and then that shortly turned into like a pop punk cover band. And so we were like covering like Blink and Weezer and all that stuff. 
that evolved into like a, a band where we were creating our own music and writing our own songs and trying to record. And so I think we cut our first record when I was like 14 and oh. we were like slanging it out of my locker. And I was like, we were like making money, like putting up show posters, like getting like, by 15, we had like 300, 400 person draws at the local community center. Like we were like, holy shit, childhood legends, like in the, in the junior high setting or whatever. <laughs> so you full sent it. Like that was yeah. like, it wasn't like you like stuck a toe into this no. life. Like you were. We in. were like, we're going to be rock stars and we're going to get signed to whatever label we were obsessed with at the time. Yeah. Um, you said you work for Equal Vision. That yeah. was one of them. Equal Vision, Drive Through, Vagrant. Like we were like, we were getting in somewhere in there. Like we want to be the next Saves the Day or whatever. That evolved. And then at a certain point, the drummer and the guitar player quit. And my friend Pat, I think, was like, hey, I met these two dudes from Bloomington, Derek and Ray. You got to meet them. They're rippers and they're a drummer and a bass player. And that's what we need. I was like, okay, like let's like link up with them. Let's jam. So we go to Derek's house, aka Mod Son, <laughs> his mom's house in Bloomington as like 15-year-olds and jammed with him the first time. And we're like, let's just play covers and just try to get familiar. And so a long story short, he was locked in. Ray was great. The chemistry was great. So we were like, we're a band now. Like, let's do this. And so um as 16-year-olds, we formed the semester and then became like a staple in the Minneapolis pop punk scene for a while. And I remember the semester. Yeah, the semester. That, that it wasn't even just like Minneapolis area. Like that was. Did no, you guys we toured. Do some like warp tour. We hella toured. It was so crazy looking back on that time because I don't know if this is how it functions these days. Yeah. But um, another long story short is I quit the band when I was in my senior year because my folks, everyone was kind of like, "You have to go to college," and I was like, "Yeah, it's band stuff. I don't know. I'm not gonna be able to make money and uh, whatever." So I quit. And like four months later, never forget this. I, cause I was playing fill in. So I was playing with like Four Letter Lie, which at the time was Kevin Scaff. And yeah. like Kevin Scaff's teaching me all of those. And he's in a, was it Data Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like in his dorm at U of M teaching me all the Four Letter Lie songs. And I'm like filling in for like all of these. Did you bands. meet El Micaiah super early on? Because yes. His I mean, story very, ties into that yes, very circle vaguely. as well. Like, okay. we don't know it. Like, if you were like, you know, Gordy, he'd probably be like, I don't know. I know him. Bonnie. But because <laughs> those were like some of his early tours in mm -hmm. that area. I remember him talking about All Midwest about that. shit. Yeah. yeah. And like early Warp Tour and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, continue. So, continue. yeah. So then, yeah. So, like, we did that and um, I quit, but I was filling in for all these bands still. And I, so I filled in for Four Letter Lie at what used to be the Quest in Minneapolis, and it was the Ascot Room. And Derek, my son, comes up to me at the end of the show, and he looks at me, and he goes, you need to be in music, man. He's like, I don't know what it's going to take, but you need to not go to college. Like, I, I think that you need to, to join the band again. <laughs> and I was like, and it was just a surreal moment. I'll never forget it. I haven't thought about this moment forever, dude. This is crazy. I love this. Surreal moment. And I was like, I'll never, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it right now. But I was like, it just hit me. I was like, you're right. You know, he was kind of like, you're written, like the, like it's written, like this is your shit. Like you need to do this. And I was like, fuck. Okay. And I think maybe he said that they were, they were trying to book a tour for the summer. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, you guys already, they had already replaced me with a guitar player, which is my friend, Eric Kranza, still my, one of my best friends. Another Eric. I know, what the, the hell? Eric's. I know, too many. We all had nicknames back then, so it actually worked out. No one would call each other any of our government names. I, I go, well, you already have a guitar player. They're like, let's do keyboards. You, you're, you know, I've been playing piano since I was like three years old. Oh my like, God. That was like my shit anyway. So I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds fun. And then they ran it past the band. They're like, cool, all right, let's, let's do it. So we started rehearsing. 
And I went up north with my parents on a trip and I was like, dad, I got a night fishing. Like I tell you something, we're out in the boat, still as hell, just quiet. I was like, I'm not going to college. You know, <laughs> I'm going to go on tour with my band. We have a three month tour booked, full United States tour. And he was like, and I'll never forget what he said to me because I still think about it to this day. He said, that's fine with me. And he's a classic guy. And he's a, cl- he's a CEO motherfucker, you yeah. know? Um, he's like, that's fine with me. Um, just know that this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever had to do. And don't think it won't be. And I was like, okay. <laughs> he's like, if you're prepared for that, I'm, I'm down. And I was like, okay. So yeah, so we left literally two weeks after, not even, I think nine days after we graduated high school, we left on a three month tour and literally did the entire United States, like went out east, you know, up, up across the North end, down the East coast, across the South, all the way over to California and then up California and then back. So it was just insane tour. And there was a lot of off days in there. And like, there was a lot of drama with the bands we were touring with and shit fell off and things happened and we did pickup shows here and there and whatever. But I met so many great people during that time. And like, I mean, now still, like I still know people from that time, like that we toured with, it was incredible. And so we did that for a little while. And then um, I started doing design for our band. Uh, I was doing all the artwork for like the CDs and shit and the t-shirts and Derek, my son, fucking A, uh, put me on a Photoshop. He's like, dude, like try out this. You should try this. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm fucking around with Photoshop and then I'm starting to make stuff and they're like, yeah, this is sick. This is sick. So we started running it and then other brands seeing our stuff. Well, who does your stuff? And our merch game was insane. Like we had like always had like four shirts, two hoodies, you know, long sleeve, like multiple records and posters and everything. We were always selling shit yeah. and hustling. And we were young as fuck too. And it was all about just like sell as much as we can yeah. so that we can put gas in the tank, get to the next place and do, yeah, do yeah, the yeah. thing again. And at the time, that's why I said, I don't know if it's like this anymore, but we were like sleeping on people's couches and like floors and shit. Like I think about that too. Strangers cause... that we were like, hey, we don't have a place to stay tonight. And that well, girl's like, oh, my mom has a house or whatever. That was me. Like when I was touring with Set It <laughs> yeah. Off, we started in like 2008. Mm-hmm. And that was the OG days. Like 2008 yes, through like, yes. I don't know, 2010, 12. Yeah, yeah uh, that's probably 11. the limit right there is 12. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I remember like those early days. Mm-hmm. And it feels like I, I was actually just asking a friend about that. Like, th- is that viable anymore? Like the Walmart that's what I'm parking I lot don't think person? So. Like, well, even happen? like, I, I don't think like there's so many creepers out there now. Right? That it just it's feels like, like you a different, can't do that. It was so... It's hotels now. Then, like it, like yeah. it was not like creeper vibes no. at all. It was just like, oh my god, we're thank a bunch you of twenty-one-year-old so kids. Yeah. We're like, we'll sleep on concrete. Yes, I don't give a shit. It doesn't. We all feel... have, we all have sleeping bags. We all have pillows. Yes, like that's all we need. Somebody I, it, might sleep in the van. It doesn't feel like that's the climate. If you're a listener of this <laughs> yeah. podcast right now, let us know. Please, like, if you I want to know. Hosted a band. If you are in a band and you have stayed on a couch or a floor, yes. like, is it still? I feel so. Is old that viable? That, but like, yeah, is that okay? Like, I don't are we, know. Yeah, like it's a very, very strange thing to look back on because that's how we survived. Very rare that um, uh, that you had a hotel because those cost 100%, 100%. money. Hundred and we'd rather. We were pretty stupid with our money, but we'd rather go to like Buffalo Wild Wings than get a hotel, you know, try to get some good food. We had a, a microwave in the back of our uh, van that we would pull out at um, gas stations and plug into the side of the out, outside of the gas station, <laughs> go inside, get like a Chef Boyardee can, pour it into like a, you know, a paper thing and then like, you know, 
feet I, on the side of the road. I think about that exactly. <laughs> like that was that was that era of touring. Yes, and I, it was. I, I don't know if we are now old. I don't know, or if that is still Please entirely viable. Please let <laughs> Please us let know. Us know. I would love to know. I would honestly <laughs> love to know. Um, okay, so wow, yeah. you were living so the band life. And we were in it, and so basically, there was a lot of money, I guess, <laughs> business from that. It was a lot of money at the time. I was like, holy shit, $300. Like, what? You're going to give me that for your Elmart? Oh, not not touring, becoming the art guy. So becoming the art guy. Exactly. Because they were like, we need t-shirts. And we played a show with them and they were all cool. And I was like, cool, I'll do a t-shirt for you for 50 bucks. And they're like, fine. And I was like, 100 bucks. Okay. 200 bucks. Well, 150. Okay. You know, and I was like finding out that I could make money doing that and i was and it really came natural to me truly yeah and i really really liked to do it and i enjoyed it i would do it in the van i would do it at you know wherever we were at people's houses whatever i was always on the little hp laptop yeah. and so at a certain point we were touring we toured i did another like three or four tours where it was like a few east coast joints a few west coast uh stints in a month two months whatever i was working at domino's i'd come home deliver pizzas go back on tour do the same thing until i was about 20 and i was like we were like meeting with drive through. We were like this close, man. We we're so fucking close. Yeah. And I look back and I'm like, fuck, like what would have happened if we would have just held it out a little longer? Like maybe. Yeah. But I don't regret any of that because I don't really know where I would be if that were the case. I probably wouldn't be here and right. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. So it's, it's, it's a blessing no matter what. But uh, I just was like, you know, I really enjoy this. I don't know shit about it though. I don't know any any other designers and I don't even feel like an artist really I just feel like a guy who has a computer yeah so I'm gonna go to art school and so I quit the band I got accepted in Minneapolis College of Art and Design which was like pretty prestigious spot for art schools I was I think you know probably top five or ten or something in the nation sick so and you know I was like I'm just gonna go full throttle and just do this and I want to I want to become the best at that so I spent five years in art school hustling still doing freelance for people still like you know doing a lot of music stuff that was sort of carrying me over you know working at the pizza shop going to art school making stuff for people for five years and then after that i was like okay i'm never gonna work on another job that's not creative i made a pact with myself yeah i was like 25 and i graduated and i had done incredible like huge projects for myself that i was so proud of and i was like you know what I'm not like, I love the pizza, the pizza shop. I can make money here and I could stay here for a long time, but this does not contribute to my vision. Doesn't it push you forward? No. It only makes you sustain. It just sustained. So yeah. I was like, you know what? Like, I think there comes a point in everybody's career, not even career, like in a time in your life, you have to make that call and just say, there's not a compromise. And I think that that's the thing that a lot of people get wrong is that you can't compromise. Once you've once you have decided this is what I want to do, if you in, in, intellectualize a a backup plan, if you're gonna go, but it's okay if I don't. It's okay if I don't. I could always do this. It's fine if you want to like make yourself feel a little better inside, yeah. I guess. But until you like set up a rule, it's hard to like actually make that leap. So you have to set up a rule. You have to oh. say no. I'm not. I I kept the words that kept coming to me were, I refuse. I refuse to do anything but this. I refuse. I will fucking sleep on the floor of anyone's house before I flip more pizzas. I refuse. And I'm gonna do anything I can to stay creative. Unless I'm like fucked, I'm gonna do, and, and even then, I yeah. probably won't give up. I have to do it this way because if I don't do it this way, 
it won't ever happen. So I said, from there on, it was 2012. We're almost 10 years in, still haven't done shit. So that's creative. And I've been, you know, pretty destitute before, you know, in that time. (laughs) But it's like, you know, you have to make that call at a certain point, especially if you're doing something as fringe as creative work. Dude, I I didn't like, I didn't have words as you were saying that because I've never, I have very similar conversations Mm -hmm. to this, Mm -hmm. but I've never heard somebody say it quite like that. And like setting that rule Mm -hmm. of like, no, no. Like this I, is a full on rule. Yeah. I refuse mm-hmm. and I will go to zero. I mm-hmm. will go to floor. I'll go to negative. Because I would have to imagine that in that journey, there was times where you had very tempting offers oh, yeah. to do other shit. To not do, yeah. To be like, well, it would be so easy if you could just, yeah. And just not. <laughs> you know what else is crazy? I fucked up because mm-hmm. I did the opposite of mm-hmm. that. I did a similar path to mm-hmm. that. We're very on. I had a corporate job. Mm-hmm. I made good money, hated it, quit and retired. And I was like, fuck this. I'm never working a job like this again. Right. Didn't say it quite as definitively sure. and did really good and had a lot of time, mm-hmm. but then accidentally crept back in to getting stuck at a corporate job. And I was so fucking sad. Cause you were, and you were like, why did I do this? I knew this wasn't the fuck. Why Dude, did I do this? <laughs> and it was money. Like you had the That's money the and you're thing, like, oh, cool. man, money will like, always do it. Why am I so sad? And mm-hmm. now as I look back to it after I've like realigned, mm-hmm. the worst part about it is that was years off of the real progress. It's right. like what you said. It's like you sustain, but you don't advance. You sustain in this idea of money. Yes. Because you're like, oh, thank God. I don't have to worry about filling up my car. Yes. <sighs> thank you. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, but wait a second. This isn't about filling up my car. Right. Like, this then- is about doing what I want to do. Yeah, like once every bill is paid and every savings account is full and everything's good, you're sitting there and you're like, why am I so fucking miserable? Yeah, but why? Right, and it's losing sight of that. So like Mm -hmm. the fact that you made that rule that Mm -hmm. early and you stuck to it, you just fucked me up. (laughs) Holy shit. That makes me happy because I, as we're talking, I've not ran over any of these topics in so long. It's kind of awesome to, to think about it. Yeah. Because even with this studio space that we're sitting in, I was scared. I was like. It's a commitment. I don't know. This is a lot of money. This is this costs more than my fucking house does. Yeah. You know? So it's like, I'm I'm like thinking, well, I remember thinking, if it gets really bad and I can't make it happen, I could just drive Uber. Yeah. And then, and I heard that in my head and I was like, you're not driving Uber. You're not. No. No. <laughs> we're not doing that. You can get evicted. We're not doing Uber. We're not doing that. Oh, and no wow. disrespect to anybody who does that. Well, and no, I also I, think that there's probably like, maybe I'm being crazy, but it's like, there's probably a point where I'd be like, fuck, okay, fine. Well, you know, but what's interesting to me is like, I've had that similar conversation in my mm-hmm. head of like, all right, cool. I'm going to commit to this. And worst comes to worst, mm-hmm. I'll drive Uber, right? Exactly. Like it's that's right. that back of the mind. But to me, I don't even view that as like, like that still to me is like, oh, cool, you're doing your thing. So again, right. here's you with the conviction right. where you're like, no, not no, even over. No, not even that. It's going to be creative. Because like, all that I could think about was like, so what? I go out for eight hours on an Uber ride so that I can make, what, 200 bucks or something like that? Maybe. Yeah, I'm not and, sure. And then, and then all of that time, all those eight hours, what could I have done with those eight hours? What could I have done? I could have built my whole thing. Fuck. You know, I could have built the infrastructure of my vision. I could have spent eight hours on my website. I could have spent eight hours putting together resumes to send to people. I could have just spent eight hours 
practicing my craft. I could have spent eight hours making spec work for somebody that doesn't need it. So I can oh. show people that this is what I want to do, you know? <laughs> and oh. I could do it poor because I know how to live poor. I've done this before. I'm fine, you know? Dude, but what else I'm like, what I'm hearing there too, because like now I'm hearing that and instantly I'm applying that in my head to podcast sure. stuff. And it's like, there's always, I can learn better plugins. I can learn how to mm -hmm. mix things better. Thank God that Deanna exists <laughs> yes, to yes. edit now. Thank you, Deanna. Thank you. <laughs> but like there is, there's always like, okay, cool. How's the website? How's the right. promo? I need to promote it better, all these right. things. And I, I don't think you get that sense of like, understanding how valuable your time is until you really know your product and what you're chasing. 100%. Because if you don't have that defined, mm -hmm. you're like, well, fuck, what am I going to do? Watch Netflix for eight hours? I might as well exactly. go drive Uber. Exactly. But when you have that thing, then that's where your time then is Then you're valuable. like, well, if I've got the thing, if you didn't have anything to do, if you had nothing passionate, yeah. you might go, well, Uber sounds pretty good yeah. because what the hell else am I going to do? Yeah. Which is why, no disrespect, yeah. like that's also like fundamental. Yeah. And I think like when I drove pizza delivery, that's like my my only kind of Yeah, parallel. I spent like ten years in the pizza industry, by the way. I spent like four <laughs> years at Domino's and like five years at Pizza Luce in Minneapolis. This like, guy's a pizza pro. I went full on pizza. Can like, you make a good handmade pizza at home? <sighs> no. Or is it is it just now it's it's <laughs> I was a driver, man. Oh, I see. I, see. I was a driver and a server. Okay, okay. Every time I tried to do it, I fucked it up. So I was you weren't like, whipping oh, it up here, I see. Yeah. You I, was just, I was the guy. I was the <laughs> liaison. I was a pizza liaison. That's what I was, okay? <laughs> a representative. A representative from the kitchen to the customer. I see. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. A noble role. Yeah. A no <laughs> unnecessary role. <laughs> yeah, necessary and Very noble necessary. role. But I I do remember this um kind of what I did what I did during the pizza delivery days, which is when I was in the band. I would listen to so much music mm. and I used the time. And I think about this still to this day, use that time, the dead time to yeah. make yourself better. Yeah. So I dug into stuff I'd never listened to. It's when I got into hip hop. It's when I got into like weird shit like Bjork and like oh, Beck and whatever. Cool. And it's like, I just had time. Yeah. And I think about that even to this day, like if you have like a shitty commute, yeah. like I'm a big proprietor, proprietor, proponent, pro pro yeah. Pro I'm a big proponent of taking the um, dead time that you're bored and you're like, man, fucking hate this commuter. Um, I wish I didn't have to be on the train for this long. I wish that I had a better job that whatever. Figure out whatever part of that you can manipulate and learn yeah. and inject. Yeah. So like when I had to commute to girl five times a week, so one hour both, one hour one way, one hour the other way, two hours a day, 10 hours a week. Oh. So when I started thinking about that, I was like, and I'm thinking about my hourly and I'm thinking, I'm losing thousands of dollars a month just commuting. Get there. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, holy And you're spending shit. gas. And I'm spending gas and I'm spending time and all these yeah. things. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? We talked about this earlier. Audiobooks. Audiobooks, podcasts, everything. I just became a sponge. Yeah. And I was like, what? Tell me, neuroscientist, what you have to say. Tell me, marketing expert, what you have to say. Tell me, you know, quantum physicist. I yeah. want to know. I want to know. I want to know. Thirst stay thirsty for knowledge and use the shitty time and place to your advantage as much as you can you know yeah. like at the pizza shop in uptown minneapolis it was like i learned how to um not let shit get to me yeah in a, in a certain way you know and I, that was like what i took away from it every day was like me practicing how to deal with anybody yeah you know interpersonally deal with fucking anyone and make them love me at the end of it and like, you know, and that has served me, you know, in a great way, not in a manipulative way, just in a way where you're like, hey, we're all here. It's okay. It's just pizza. 
Yeah. And yeah. I think about it like that. And even today, I'm like, hey, bro, it's just pizza. It's maybe not pizza anymore, but it's still fucking pizza. The sentiment, the yeah, idea the, behind The sentiment that. is still pizza. Yeah. And we, there's no reason to get all worked up over something if it's just about pizza. I literally had such a similar thought today mm-hmm. where I was thinking about like, I just had a bunch of like stupid shit bothering me. Like nothing really mattered, but I was kind of just like, oh, I could be more productive, whatever. And like, right. I kind of took a second. I was like, dude, nothing matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, but that's a good thing. Yes. Like, I was like, nothing matters. Like nothing chill. matters. Like, nothing's nothing's no. crazy present. Like nothing mm-hmm. matters. But like, don't let that be discouraging. Don't let that make you lazy. Mm-mm. Take that and be like, what a fucking great thing that it is that you're here in this time with this opportunity totally. right now. Maximize that. Recently, I was thinking about how this also applies to money. Yeah. I think that's like we were just talking about money. This can be like, and I think this is maybe a, a good message for today because it's such a restrictor. Yeah. It's like so hard to get around. And in a lot of ways, it's like, oh, well, if I don't have it, I won't be able to do X, Y, and Z. And it's preventing me from chasing my dreams because I don't have enough money to pay my bills, you know, whatever, et cetera. You know, it's it's a big, big piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. And it's not, what I'm going to say is not discounting how big of a piece of a puzzle it is. But the idea is that I kind of started thinking is you don't have to worry yourself with that all the time. You don't have to sit around and let that shit haunt you. Because all you're going to do, I don't know if you're, you've read The Alchemist before. It's one of my favorite books. Ooh, I haven't. And I'm a big book guy. It's a, one of the only fictions I love because every single line is like something, it means something that's not in the book. It's like, you know, it's like you're like, whoa. Okay. Whoa. Done. Amazing. There's a, I don't even remember the line I was going to say, but there's another line in there that says, why throw away, for, why throw away a dream for something as common as money? That's like the story of your life. That's yeah. everything you just said in a <laughs> yeah, line. Yeah. Why well, throw away a dream for something as common as money? Uh, something as common as money. Right. Start thinking of it that way and thinking of like, why, why would I let that sit here and haunt me? If let's say I didn't have enough money to pay my taxes at the end of the year. Let's also say that I, I skipped a credit card payment. My shit's maxed out. It's a bummer, you know? Let's also say that I owe money for school. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very real picture. Right. A lot of people can experience that. Yes, exactly. I myself is in, I'm in maybe a few, maybe all those categories. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Not all the categories, but let's just say all that stuff. What's going to happen to you tomorrow if you don't pay any of those people? Are they going to come to your house? Are they going to come to your house with a knife and tell you, you know, you have to give over all your assets? You're not a fucking billionaire weirdo that owes millions of dollars. You're a common person who own who who owes common money, who's trying to figure it out. So don't turn it into this thing where you're all of a sudden making this a, a bigger deal than it has to be, and letting it. And the part that I was going to say from the alchemist is that um, don't give into your fears because you won't be able to listen to your heart. Once your communication with your heart has been blinded, um, you can forget about all this cool dream stuff and trying to make whatever you want happen or whatever you've cut off the communication to the most important part. Dude, that's so powerful. And Mm -hmm. I agree with that so heavily. And it's something that echoes so similar. Something that I think of is like, if you focus on your dreams, your problems disappear. Mm -hmm. If you focus on your problems, your dreams disappear. Classic. Same. Yes. Yes. But it's, it's it's that, that uh, dedication of thought. Yeah. You know, we want to pick up my story from the pizza shop (laughs) and saying, no, I won't do that. It was, 
in pure good dedication to that ideal, right? So it's like, I'm going to go find a job then. And I'd been interning for this agency that did all the environmental work for Target. Okay. So that was big agency. It's still the biggest agency I've ever worked for. There's probably Crazy. 50 people there or something at the time. Um, but I learned like corporate design like real quick. Yeah. Oh, and, I was going to ask um, you a question about yeah. college. Go ahead. A lot of people like, I was, oh, fuck that. You don't need that. You don't need that. Mm-hmm. But like you put in some time at a very respectable school. Yeah. A lot of time. Did it help? Like, did you go away from that? Like, because I don't know mm-hmm. you from then. I know yeah. you now as an artist. And I'm like, yeah, yeah man, can, man can, can art. My answer <laughs> <laughs> my answer changes every year, I think, about, about my viewpoint of school. At the current moment, I'm, I'm, a, um, I'm pro. Here's the thing. You can't say you're pro school or anti school because it really, really, it, there's so many variables there, right? Yeah. So for me, I was surrounded with great people. Yep. I ended up meeting, I guess, would be about four of the most life-changing artists that I've ever had a chance to be in the same room with. Two of which I shared a studio with for and, and a home with for uh, over two years uh, towards the end of art school, and that changed my whole life. Like there was no, there's no way to replicate that experience. There was no, I couldn't pay any money, and that wasn't school. But I've met them there. Right. Yeah. So it was sort of like this place where you can find people who are going to be um, like you on the same page as you for sure. I'll make it more granular. Yeah. You went on to that agency mm-hmm. and you learned corporate design. Right. From a very technical point of view, mm. did, did you learn your technical skills more in practical application or in school? Practical application, school teaches you how to become a thinker. Okay. And I think that's the. That's the minutia. That's the the good shit right there. Without that, I wouldn't be asking the questions I ask now. Without learning about abstract expressionists that said, fuck fuck everything. We're just going to make paintings that don't make any sense. They're just pure feelings. Yeah. Without knowing that painting didn't, or that art didn't have to be painting, that art could be installation. It could be a fucking light on the wall. You could walk into a room and you say, that's art. You know, art's a feeling, you know, and it's something that's like deep and like um, also archaic. And also like really, really um, deep in our marrow of like our bodies, uh, of like our history as humans, it's really deep in there. And so without kind of going through that process, I wouldn't have the respect and the ability to take on so many disciplines because it's sort of like made it look like, oh shit, it's all pizza. <laughs> it's all the same. Your answer was backwards from what I expected, but so beautiful. <laughs> I thought that you were going to tell me that you learned fundamentals in school and you learned None. to appreciate it outside of it. But it sounds like without school, you wouldn't have understood really, really the core fundamentals of art. Yes. Which the, then the, is something that you carry with the you. Juice. Yeah, it. because it's, and it's funny enough, they um, refused to, to teach us fundamentals in, in uh, one of the most prestigious art schools ever. Um, not fundamentals like color theory. That's a fundamental that they did teach us or how to draw from life. That's fundamental. But they didn't teach you how to use Photoshop. Okay, that. How do I apply a filter to make it look cooler? So that was when you got to corporate life. That's corporate. That's actually not even just corporate. For me, I had the advantage of doing freelance work outside of it. You were making sure I honed that. And I think that was something that kids early on, I remember my freshman year, kids are like, I don't know how to use Illustrator. I don't know how to use InDesign. And I was like, oh, I know how to use that shit. Let me help you. They would make you go to tutor classes after class to learn how to use the programs because they were like, we don't teach programs here. We teach ideas. And I was like, that's fucking bullshit. 
I that is kind I of came bullshit. here, but here's the thing: that's a technical school. Oh, you want to go uh, learn that stuff? You want to go? You want to go push some pixels? You want to do back push some pixels? You want to do some back page ads? You can go to technical school. You want to do a, a campaign to describe the lifestyle of a of a certain consumer and a product and really get to know what you're doing and 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 to make something that's larger than you and larger than a poster. Yeah. You know, if you want to if you want to really do that, you have to know or you don't have to go to art school but you have to be that's in the, where the mindset yeah that's where yeah. i got that of like this is much bigger fuck you know and Damn. so there is you know there's obviously i had an advantage because i was doing so much work and i think that to me is what i would tell anybody who wants to do i don't know if i guess it applies to everything but like for me in design i would have never been able to like it feels like um i'm second nature i yeah. sit down and it just looks like i'm typing because wow. it's like shortcut 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 because yeah. it's it's like breathing. It's like it's like a it's language. Like it's like typing. It's like language. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm fluent, and so that part of it didn't come from from school, wow. quote unquote. But school helped uh, perpetuate that part of it because they made you do shit all the time. And some people are like, "It's just busy work." Yeah, it is. But you're going move tool, select tool, move tool, isolate, blah 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 blah, and you're you're doing that over and over and over over and over again to a point where you're like i hate this but then you're like whoa i am so fast dude and that's, that's what i'm able to sell now is like i'm efficient i wasn't ready for that answer i didn't mean <laughs> to go that deep into that sidebar yeah. of that question but I, that's really fucking interesting so yeah. okay well, school's so a, school's a difficult topic so like i is. said it, it changes for me all the time well thank you for sharing that though yeah. because again like a huge part of my purpose in doing this mm -hmm. podcast is i really want to help people that are in that in that spot where maybe they've just made that decision of fuck this, I'm only going to do creative things that advance my career. Yes. And any bit of knowledge and perspective and advice Major. there is good. So I, I'll 100%, take it. 100%. But getting back to your story. So yes. you go, you do. So I go to the big agency. I'm working there. Everything is uh, cool, but I fucking hate it because all the walls are white and the floors are clean and no one likes to make a mess. And I wanted to make a mess. And my I was in an art collective called Steak Mob. Cool. During is that why you have a steak tattoo? There, baby. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, when I went to get it done, he goes, so I didn't, I didn't ask you, how, how did you want your steak done? And I was like, good question. I was like, rare, rare as fuck and bleeding on the plate. And that's kind of how I like to think of like myself, you know. Rare as fuck. Bleeding on bleeding the plate. <laughs> just like all it's all out there. So that wasn't the right fit for you because it wasn't was a right not, fit. I just I didn't like it. It was, it was not rare as no, well. No, it was not rare. It was like very corpo. I learned a lot, obviously. I, I'm so grateful for my experience there, but I was like, this sucks. Yeah. None of these people they all have kids and drive yep. Audis, and I'm like a little dirty like art kid who yep. just got out of like I, I, I lived with painters yeah. and illustrators and yeah. We would like we would build fires in our attic, which was our studio, and like, and, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, stay up till four in the morning, like smoking cigs and like making art. Like, I was not, I was not an agency material, even though I knew how to do it. Right, right. So right. I was like, well, this sucks. I hate it. I want to go somewhere else. I found this other uh, agency called Six Speed that did uh, Red Bull uh, and a lot of other outdoor stuff, outdoor lifestyle brands. So Polaris, Crestliner, yeah, Red Bull. I think I did some shit for Muscle Milk at one point. Uh, it was kind of like a dude bro agency. Okay. It's like very like, everyone's yeah. like, hey dude, how's it going? Yeah, bro. Like, yeah, like yeah, there was yeah. no art. There was no art or agency in it. It was just like a bunch of like, you're all like, he's got a sick camera. Like that guy does graffiti. Like let's hire him. You know, like <laughs> it was like, that's kind of how it felt. Um, no hate. 
sorry six just again not quite your not my shit yeah Yeah. exactly and we all were always like fuck this sucks like we got to get out of here and then my friend offered me who ran this uh streetwear store he was like hey i got this brand that we run out of the streetwear store it's a sneaker store too and we also have the screen printing shop in back and i loved screen printing in art school so He's like, do you want to come be our creative director? I was like, that's a big fucking title for someone who's only been out of school for three years or two or whatever. I was like, yeah, let's do it. We can only pay you $1,000 every two weeks. I was like, that's Fuck. not good, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll do it because I want to do it so bad. Yeah. And it was really hard. And I was, re- I guess, really started getting broke. I ended up having to move back in my parents. I was dating, meanwhile, dating this girl in LA and thinking maybe I'll move out to LA and try my hand out there and move in with her. And then it was just like, shit fell off with her like you know we, whatever we broke up essentially so we break up and this is where the story gets interesting <laughs> we break up and i'm literally crushed because i've not really because of the relationship because i did the breaking up and i was like this isn't for me but crushed because i was like i'm going to la like this is gonna be so sick like i want to be like i want to live in la and like now i can't now i'm living in my fucking parents basement still and like this sucks. What do I do? You know? And so my friend Tomas, who I used to live with, one of the artists, his friend Tony had a music studio called Brown Bag Studios. Sick. <laughs> so we went to, he goes, come over to Brown Bag, bro. He's like, just, just come over, let's record some shit. I was like, all right, you're right. So he's got this beautiful upright piano there and drum set and all this shit. So I'm like sitting at the piano plunking around and um, I, my phone rings and it's Mod son. And I was, and this is the day after, bro. And I can't make this shit up rings and i'm like that's weird i haven't talked to him for fucking ever uh meanwhile didn't include this but i like launched like launched mod son with him when i was in art school like my first year yeah when he went off from scary Kids. when he got yeah when he was like i'm going mod son full time yeah. like i'm not gonna do scary scary kids anymore um gordy i know you dj you want to dj for me i was like sure and he's like, I also need to do some art. You're, you're in art school. Like, let, you know, we helped me do the art for my record. So we did all his very first art together. First, like three or four records or big tapes, I suppose they were. And then I DJed all his first shows together. You know, his very, very first show in North Dakota. I will never forget that shit. And it was like my first show DJing too. So I was just like, whoa, you know, like, like uh, DJing for an artist. Yeah. And so that happened. And then eventually within a year, I was like, hey, I can't do this. You need a tour. Like I gotta be in art school. Like I'm here, like I'm really committed to this. I can't, I can't leave. He's like, I respect all good. So six years later, calls me on the phone (laughs) and he's like, hey dude, uh, don't know what you're doing. Like, what's your life like? And I was like, well, Great to hear from you. Um, <laughs> I I don't have a girlfriend anymore. I just broke up with her yesterday. I was supposed to go to LA. I'm fucking crushed. I don't know what I'm doing. And he's like, crazy. He's like, I uh, just signed a lease on a spot in North Hollywood and I was going to see if you wanted to move to California. <laughs> and I was like, what, what? He's like, you know, man, he's like, we could, he's like, I want to talk about it more, but like, you know, you could like do design for me and like, we, you could like DJ, like tour, touring with me and just DJ for me and maybe play keys or something. And I was like, Yes, yes, hundred times. Dude. Oh my god, this is amazing! Holy like crazy, shit, the timing, incredible! And like at the time too, he was like kind of taken off. And my yeah. friend Pat Brown, my one of my best friends, who we also were in the semester with, was oh, playing guitar. Oh And Pat Madison. Brown sing it loud, and then it's the gone on. Is he still tour managing? Sing it loud, he is, and he's killing. Yeah, it. he's gone on he's, to have like he's one of like the real tour managers. The real ones. Like he's he like, tour manages he does the child, shit. and he's yeah. gnarly. Yeah. yeah, he's like a pro, pro. Yeah. So he's still tour managing. 
mod's still doing it. Everyone's still thriving. Which is you great. came up with some legends. Legends, bro. And we didn't even know it, you know? So it's like crazy. Pat was working kind of his right hand man and um and uh playing guitar. And so right when I came on, he was kind of ending his tenure and he quit. And then I just kind of picked up where he left off and I was like, okay, well, here we go. You know? And so like, fuck, man, priceless experience. Like me and Mod, we did all of Warp Tour 2015, which I've never done a whole Warp Tour. What? And that was like bucket list for me because i was like i had grown up going to warp tours maybe that's where we met no i think it was at zemers i was at i was on warp tour 15 oh but, you were yeah fuck then maybe it was there that's i mean if it was then it was just like in passing right 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 i mean we were always we were on with that like riffraff and shit oh my like, god that was riffraff rip. summer that was a riffraff he summer. would ride atvs to the stages and he would like yeah, and he would like work out outside of his his, yeah, his, his, uh, his bus and he shit. He had that bus wrapped. It looked all crazy. <laughs> the, the, uh, Peach the Peach Panther. Panther. Peach Panther. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's crazy. Because we like, I mean, dude, if we interacted on that tour, it was like saying hi. At right. Tour, it was just like seeing. It's like the like, same thing as like you see people there that I I still still see people around where I'm like the warp tour because you kind of like it's like summer camp. Yeah, that's the best way I could describe warp tour being yeah. on warp tour. Yeah, the big fucking summer camp. People are like trying to like get with other people, but it's all weird yeah. because you're on other people's buses. Yeah. And then like, you know, like you're making just... friends with like all types of bands. Like, and which trailer are you going to hang out at back Yeah, of man. Night? Who's got and, the like, party going yeah. on? Like who's staying the latest? You yeah. know, like all that stuff, man. I, it's so such crazy. a culture. It's so beautiful. And then we did Europe together, which was like, wow, you know, yeah. we got to do Europe. I got to see the world, you know, and um, many shots out to Matsan. Dude. The the most shouts out to Matsun, you know. It, like, that's so much cool. Love. I didn't realize yeah. just how deeply tied into that whole come up and project yeah. and everything you were. Huge. I've always known you guys were friends. I've mm -hmm. always known you were close, but I didn't understand. Yeah, like that. literally, I didn't even I omitted this, but like 15, 16 years old, like we would skip school to hang out at the other person's school. So like I would like skip like class at my high school and then go to his and he'd be like, Oh yeah, this is like my cousin or something <laughs> from new jersey we'd make up a story yeah oh cool welcome and That's i would just like funny. sit through classes with him and hang out it's bizarre well i love too you know? that there's two times in like i feel like in your story mm -hmm. him being like you need to be in bands dude he was like, instrumental what? with that yeah. stuff and instrumental with like and when you photoshop pushing me pushing me into all those directions crazy and you know he also made me smoke my first cigarette so He's like a like Fuck a, is you he for a that, big brother. But... <laughs> is he older than you? No, he's uh, actually younger. We're like six months apart, almost uh -huh. to the day. Uh. So I always thought that it was an interesting celestial event because like we're very opposite, and uh. I feel like there's like a it was always a good push pull there because yeah. it was like he's, you know, we were literally born on opposite sides of the sun. I think that's interesting. That so, is interesting. Um, but yeah, like you know, we did so much. I I met Bear before he was he had just released the afterglow his first record wow. and like met him like that day basically at uh south by southwest and then ended up becoming really great friends with him out here and like just like you know that was a beautiful relation you know just i didn't even friendship. know that friendship was there at all That's yeah crazy. man crazy i actually wrote about it on my instagram recently i, I saw that i Never posted mind. i, saw the, I posted the, the dude everybody thought that i was pregnant or like my girl was <laughs> pregnant like because i had posted a fucking sonogram <laughs> picture but i was just trying to like give him mad love and then i just had this moment where i was like oh my god he's holding the photo with the dad tattoo yeah he says dad on his hand and i remember that one of the things mod was like you should be a tattoo artist and i was like dude i don't know and he's like let i'm gonna buy you a tattoo machine like let's go 
So I got a tattoo machine. I started being like the fucking village tattoo guy. Like I've, tattoo I've probably guy. given like a hundred fucking shitty tattoos. Like my thighs are full of them. <laughs> yeah, the junk you legs know, where you're practicing. Yeah. Oh and yeah, all that. nasty, nasty, <laughs> amazing. I have like the S. On, on my, you have like, the high school S. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, I can't find it. But yeah, so anyway, Bear was like, "Oh, you have a tattoo machine," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And he goes, "You should tattoo my hands," and I was like. Bear, I've never given a tattoo to anybody before. Like, I've only done it on pigskin, and I've done it on my thighs. Yeah. He's like, sorry, bro. I trust you. He's like, I'm trying to get these mom and dad, like, looking better, because it was, like, stick and poke looking. Uh-huh. He's like, I just want to, like, look cooler. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I just drew something on in ballpoint pen, and I was like, is that cool? He's like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, it looks great. I was like, okay. So we're doing this. He's like, yeah, man. I trust you. It's all good. Oh my! And I was like, God. okay. So I tat. That was my very first tattoo. We're like hand tats on fucking black bear. You know, <laughs> like I was just like, what? Okay, dude. God, Shit. the people like, that you have run with whoa, and come up with. I know it's incredible, and still like much love to bear. I haven't seen him since COVID because um, of COVID. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. much love to him. He's got a second one on the way. I'm just so psyched for him, and um, you know, and that's actually also I met Kells during that time and had like this weird short stint of like engineering for him what uh it was like we had a studio in the house like we lived in the canyon we lived in laurel canyon and he would like hit me up like late and be like yo i got some stuff like come come through whatever it's so, like we would just track together you know at night sometimes what <laughs> it was a trip. Oh, I, trip. I, the, the energy though that i get from you and i always have mm -hmm. is like you're just so down to go with the flow of yeah, these things mm -hmm. and it's, it's so crazy to hear what that's brought. yes that's a good thing to to talk about because I think without that element of like saying like, oh, fuck it, <laughs> you know, yeah. without that element, like it's hard to get along. Like you have to like, and the alchemist that calls it omens, to mind your omens. Huh. So the omen come by, don't, you can ignore a few, but if you keep ignoring them, they're gonna stop coming. Sooner or later, they're gonna stop coming. If you ignore them long enough. Fuck. So if you can just, mind your omens and they come through like that was like i knew how to use pro tools i know how to use daw like anything i know he's logic all the shit like they're all the same but it's like i wasn't like crazy like i just knew how to do what i knew how to do yeah so it was like he'd bring over a bunch of beats and i would know how to set up like the basics like compressors and auto-tune and all the shit and we just track and send i'd send him bounces and it was just it was really just demos and stuff you know yeah but still but um uh actually funny kill story i was telling this earlier i think i was there for like the moment where he was like fuck i need to be a rock star <laughs> um <laughs> and it was at webster hall in 2015 or 16 maybe 16 we were at new york webster hall the mid-size room mm -hmm. and we had just played a whole or we were playing a show and we learned that kels was in town so we we're like oh my god kels in town we had a song with him at the time shoot him down he's like we got to get him through we got to have him come uh play and so he came through obviously and played the song with mod and rocked out and it was at, towards the end of the show it was kind of like a you know crowd pleaser type type joint and so he he like turns around and goes just did anybody got a guitar and i was like yeah yeah we got a guitar right here i was using it he's like okay do you know how to play all the small things i think it was or it was that or what's my age again i think it was all the small things and yeah. i was like yeah i do actually because i grew up in pop punk like it's yeah of course just like it's... back my fucking back of my hand yeah and like i was riding like riding a bike yeah i was like okay i was like i'll play bass and i was like clue and clue fuck yeah clue like the drummer who he, he's such a beast but yeah. i was like i don't know what i said to him i was like it's all good. I was like, just start with this. Just go, da-dun, 
and then we're gonna like this. And I was like, tempo, you know, just go straight, straight ace, like just ta 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 ta. And I was just giving him this, we're on stage. I'm like giving him this lowdown. And he's like, yeah, hey, I think I know the song. I'm like, all right, great. So we played that song. Kels is like fucking just full rock star mode, like losing his mind, like just like doing the Kells thing and ripping. I just remember being like, whoa, I did not know that this was in MGK. Like this is super rad to watch. And I don't know, I can't confirm if that's like the, the Y'all point accidentally rock starred machine. But I was Kelly. like, did we just change your whole plan? You know, like in <laughs> your trajectory? Like maybe. I have no idea. He Walk continued doing and... rap, you know, for a while still, but um Yeah, we see cool. where that's at now. It though. was interesting. Yeah. I was like, whoa, because when he made the switch, I was like, everyone's like, whoa, what are you still? And I was like, it's not really as crazy as you think it is. <laughs> it looks pretty funny. natural, actually. Dude, yeah. that's yeah. insane. Same thing with mod, honestly. Because they were both doing hip hop, like I mean, it was rad. They both had great runs, but um, they f they feel like they've really found their pocket. Yeah. With with what they're doing now. Well, yeah, 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 you exactly. Know, which is cool. Yeah, it's it's almost funny too to think about Bear because it's the opposite. Like mm -hmm. he came from like emo, yeah. like totally. singer songwriter, totally. and then went to like the hip hop side, and that's his pocket. So totally R and B. I mean, his shit is just fire. Like being in a studio with him like changed my life because he's like what I consider myself of design and like art and stuff like that, where I'm like fast worker and I know how to get through ideas quickly. And I'm people watching me work and they're like, Whoa, how yeah. do you do that? Whatever. That's bear That's, in music. Wow. Just a beast. I've never seen somebody. I mean, he's, he knows how to cut, make his own songs, cut all his own tracks. Like, record, I mean, he's not like this, like diva that walks in and goes, um, can I get more of my headphone? Like he knows he's fucking just, everything. And oh. he's musically like, a genius like he he was an understudy i can't remember of who for his vocal stuff and like his chords that he uses and his compositions and his um his melodies i mean he's a true artist i mean he's that's a true beast real sees real that's incredible cool. that's i was cool just like you... so yeah lots of that lots of that it was so much fun the first two years but going back to being uh you know i'm not i'm only gonna do this i'm never gonna get a real job i was fucking broke mm. broke mm. i was in la but just capital b broke yeah right i was on food stamps broke i was b -b 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 broke <laughs> hate Happy. saying hate saying that word because it's not good to like put that shit out on yourself but and the word broke is really shitty but you know it was bad and i was losing happiness because i People can tell you money doesn't buy happiness, mm. but something my friend Josh just said this to me. Shouts out Josh Wheel and Wonder Brett. He goes, Money can't buy happiness, but money can buy freedom, which buys happiness. I think I, I come <laughs> back to a lot of like you have survival first mm -hmm. and then like happiness in the bonus round kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And like when you're at the point of questioning survival, mm -hmm. pay attention to money. Like that's it's hard to be happy. It's hard to be happy. When you're not surviving. Well, it's like when there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Like yeah. for me right now, in my own current state, I'm like kind of in a place where I'm a little scared because I've been investing in a lot of stuff of my own here and uh, investing in a lot of projects and there's a lot of switchover happening. And I'm like, is it going to be okay? You know? Yeah, but that's like, is that's it going to be okay? <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's it. And so that does happen, but it's not like, you know, you're scraping the bottom and you have nowhere to go. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was actually ultimately what got me out of there because I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Uh-huh. You know? And so. then is that when Girl happened? Yeah. So I went, oh. uh, I quit and 
in tears. So sad. Um, somebody else said recently, that's good that it was in tears because it meant you cared. It meant they cared. And I was like, that's true. But I quit in tears. It's sad as fuck. I moved in with my mom's friend in Pasadena because I had nowhere Amazing. to go. Amazing. And stayed in her guest room for like a month. I got kicked out of there by her husband, who was a dick. <laughs> he just thought I wasn't doing any work. But I was actually working with Nash at the time. G Nash. Oh, yeah. Like, so I was like trying to be, uh, he had me as like his designer and production manager. So we were, I did like Firefly Fest with him and did a few flyouts. And they were like, they took me to Disney World one time. And I was like, oh my God, sick. I get to go to Disney World. I came back. The guy's like, you went to Disney World? He's like, you're not even trying to do anything. Like, you need to leave. Like, you need to get out of here. And his wife's crying. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, fuck you. Fuck. I was like, I'm out of here. So then I went and I believe I had a bunch of people that I was like, could I sleep on your couch? Yeah, like there was yeah, a lot yeah. of that the going on, floating. you know, but eventually I ended up at Zemers. Oh, maybe that's when we met. And that's when we met because I was like, hey, bro, I'm broke. Yep. I borrowed some money from my dad. Um, I can give you, I can't remember what it was. It was something reasonable. It was like 700 or $800 a month. Reasonable. Something like that, yeah. you know, where I was like, I can give you this much to sleep on your couch. And I won't be here long. Yeah. Just I need to find a job and yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I was on Malachi.com, which is like a job search engine for action sports and lifestyle brands. Okay. So it's like the indeed of like Billabong or something. Okay. Right. So all cool shit. I was like, I don't want to get into that. I'm out in California, man. Like fucking surf, skate, snow. Like we're at, you know, like let's go. I had my criteria and so I'd send me emails every day. And the email rang in and it was like, Girl Skateboards is hiring a designer. And I was like, no fucking way. Like I, as a kid, Girl yeah. Skateboards, like I was like, Girl yeah. Skateboards. Yeah, right. Mouse, like, that's yeah, my right. shit. Like, that was oh big my for me. God, yeah, man. Like, yeah. that was like the one that, like, I think our age would, yeah. that was like our era. Yeah. I was like, no fucking way, you know? And so I just sent my stuff and I was like, sweating because I had been working on it here again. Didn't take an Uber job because I was working on my portfolio yeah. every day. Yeah. I was putting work in, trying to make it look better, trying to make my resume look better, all that stuff. Sent it in, got a call back. We want to meet, you know, we got a, we had an interview. I was like, all right, cool. So I go and I sit down with Megan Baltimore, who ends up being the CEO of, of Girl Skateboards and the founder with Rick Howard, you know? And I was like, okay, you know, this is fucking crazy. And she's like so sweet. And she just was like, you know, I talked through everything. It was just basically a personality test. And then I uh, had a second interview with the art director. And then they were like, I got the email that was like, we want to give you the job. And that was when I was at Zemer's house, staying on the couch. And I just remember being like, oh my God, I got the fucking job. And Zebra's like, no way. Oh. We were like yes. having so, we were so psyched. And we went out to Santa Monica the night before I started and just partied on the beach and enjoyed uh, my last day of like being like free, essentially, wow. you know? And so then Q five years at Girl Skateboards and went through all of that. Um, and now I'm here. Dude, and you had done some really cool shit there. Like that's mm -hmm. a, its own podcast. Major. But like yeah. watching you like design entire series of decks and And huge collaborations. Like I got to work with Beastie Boys. I got to go to like like the I got to go to like the IMAX like not even the not the premiere, like where it was like Spike's dad and like Jeff Tremaine, like creative director Jackass and Spike Jones and like his assistants and like we're like watching the Beastie Boys film to like give notes, like shit like that where i was like what am i doing here like rick's you know rick rick invited me <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> shit, this is insane but you know working with massive brands too you know like sanrio like doing the hello kitty stuff you know working yeah. with them or um working with modernica or bodega but like so I, many people my what i noticed in that era was just like 
that was such a beautiful platform for me to watch you be an artist. Right. Because I'd watch you post and I'd watch you like all of these pieces of work that you do. And mm-hmm. the skate deck is so universal, mm-hmm. right? Like you can really it's see like, who yeah, an artist like is. Yeah. It's like, it's all an even playing field. And mm-hmm. so many legends have done some amount of design on a skate deck. Yes. And seeing your art on that and seeing that evolution, that was really fucking special to me. It's rewarding too, to be a part of it. A lot of people's like, you know, whenever I describe it to people, they say, oh, that's a dream job. Yeah. I'm like, it is a dream job, you know? Yeah. It's definitely a dream job. The trippy part about getting hired at Girl, which I think I would, I would warn everybody against, not anything against Girl, but just, just always aim high. Like aim, aim, aim. Aim for something that seems crazy because you might get it someday and not know where to go. Whoa. You know? And that's how I felt my very first, maybe it was the third weekend or fourth weekend. I was like, okay, what do I do now? You're like, what's your goal? What's what, that? Now? Like, what's I literally got the dream job. This is my, I can't think of a doper job than this. Yeah. Of course, I can think of jobs that pay more, but that's not the point. This is a fucking amazing job. I cannot believe I'm getting paid to do this. Yeah. Like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that was really fucked up for me. And I was like, whoa, okay. So I guess I wasn't dreaming big enough or something. Or like, you know, and maybe, you know, maybe it's all natural, obviously, like progression and you're going to. I probably think, do that yeah, forever. You have to. You know to. what I mean? Like it's part it's, of the process. You're going to go, oh, now my next dream is this, and then you're going to get it. Yeah. And then my next dream is this, and you're going to get it. But, you know, knowing that you're capable, I think the, the thing that blew my mind was like, how many times I've blown my mind, you know, and been like, I don't even believe it. Believe it. You know, when it comes around, don't not believe it. Believe it, because it's happening right now. Oh, my God. Not unbelievable. It's fucking real as hell right in front of you it's happening to you in your life like believe it and believe that the next time you can do it too because it's like once you do that one time with anything all of a sudden you're like oh you know and recently my big quest in the last few years has been like achieving a rate that i thought was like actually my worth but yeah. scary because you're like going yeah. i really need this job yeah how it's about this much that. and yeah. you're like Oh yeah, they're like, oh yeah, sure thing. And you're like, holy shit, what the fuck? Why was I, why yeah. was I tripping? And why didn't I ask for more? Yeah. God. And then you're like, but, the but next too, time you're like, you're like, okay, how about a little more? And they're like, yeah, of course. And you're like, what? No way. You but, hear but, this shit? There's two things to that. Is one, we came from music and like when you're working with the lowest, t- I'm not saying all of music no, is the lowest No, everyone's here, got a thousand dollars for their budget and it means the world to them. Right. Like the lowest budget things mm-hmm. are the hardest clients and it's the most 100%. revisions and it's all of that. And you get in your head and you're like, well, damn, if it was this hard to make a grand, then oh my God. How, so that, how am I going to do 20? How am I going to do yeah. 50? Like, how is this going to work? Like, right. oh my God. And it's also easy in those moments. It's like, yeah, cool. You know, once you've accomplished it, once you've quoted it high and gotten it a couple times, sure. But the other side of that is like in your head, you're just like, there's a kid out there that's hungrier than I am that'll do it for half the cost. This isn't yes. this. So like, it's I feel you. There. Like that's a valid, but like I agree that the big message there is so right. And I'm so glad. Like mm-hmm. that's we need to hear more of that. We need to talk more of that. It's important. Because the self-doubt is fucking terrible. It's terrible, dude. And I've spent I took down some of my inspirational quotes because I had a meeting in here and I didn't want to look like you didn't want to look like I was like just like, too, I like, am love, I am yeah, whatever, yeah. I am wealth. Um, but you know, it's so fucking toxic to let that self-doubt 
in. Yeah. Because no matter how inadequate you think you are or unprepared or uncomfortable, unable to perform, no matter all that stuff, you are not those people looking at you. Yes. You're you. And you're going to always say, oh, I'm not, you know, whatever. Or maybe not always, but that's natural. Yeah. Because you're sitting there critiquing and going, well, all these other people are doing it this way. And why am I special? Yeah. You know? And that's why I say believe it. Because when somebody tells you you're special, believe them. Because that's your path to right. believing it yourself. That's crazy. You know? I love that. But also, too, like my vision of you, right? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know the thoughts you have in your head. I don't know all those doubts mm -hmm. or whatever. All I see is like, damn, this guy fucking arts real good. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, it's like, I don't know you your rate, whatever. Stuff. Yeah, like, I'm like, whatever you want, man, you do it the best. So yes. sure, tell me. Right. And, and it's like, like you, you, you live inside of this fictitious reality that everyone's going, oh, I don't know, like what? I don't know, I would have probably used uh, black instead of gray on that. Right. The, yeah. the readability, legibility's off or whatever. No. And some of that comes from, for me, comes from art school. I had to like get out of this whole critique mindset of like everybody's always critiquing me. Mm. But then it also came from, you know, I think honestly where I grew up wasn't really a place that championed paying people a lot of money. It's a yeah. very utilitarian place. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of people that want to do stuff for, you want you to do stuff for free because it's a passion project and oh, I don't have a lot of money and all this stuff. And out here, people are willing to invest in their vision. Yep. So they're willing to go, yeah, you know, I'm, I got 1500 bucks. Can you work with that? You know, yeah. oh yeah, great, amazing. But I think that it's really difficult because no matter how hard you try to self-validate, there's always going to be parts of it that, at least for me, that I found validation through experience. Yeah. Where it was like, I could prove to myself, I showed myself the proof in the pudding. Yeah. You know, and you yeah. go, I'm going to, I'm going to try. And then you try and it works out. Now that's a new standard. Yep. Now I don't yep. have to ever think about that again. Dude, you know? I love that. And that's and that, major. That gets us to this kind of current chapter that mm -hmm. we're at right now because you did the dream job at Girl. Mm -hmm. And dude, my God, what a dream job. Beautiful. Did so much was, cool shit there. I keep thinking and saying such a ride. So cool. It was such a ride. But here we are now at yeah. this space and yeah. this represents mm -hmm. quite a lot more than just the space. This represents you doubling down on yourself yet again, again and going further and thinking bigger mm -hmm. and being really a full-on creative director now. Yes. So like... Just scary. Yeah. I can only imagine. <laughs> I can only imagine. You know? But I guess like maybe even to conclude, like mm -hmm. we were talking right before we started recording how fun podcasts are. Right. Because it's just this time, it's this moment in time. Yes. It's, it's, it is. It's is, a catalog of like, where you, where were you? Right. This is us talking in September, 2021. Mm -hmm. Like that's what this mm -hmm. is. So as we sit down right now, like what is your dreaming at the biggest level? Like here you are with this space now, here you are kind of putting yourself in this role of creative director. Like where do you want it to go now? I tell you what, since I've learned to dream bigger, this is a dream that I came up with. I have a secret spot in Malibu that I go to meditate at every now and then. Maybe like more than every now and then. Like it's like <laughs> once a week maybe, but or something like that. I love that. But I would, I'll go out and try to get there really early, like yeah. six or seven in the morning, just yeah. real fucking early. Watch sunrise, sit on this peak. And um, the first time I went there and I found it, I was kind of on like a little bit of a spiritual quest where I was like, I need to get out of town. And then I drove and I drove and I drove and I was like, I'm going to drive until I don't have any, I don't, I, until I get lost. Yeah. 
I'm gonna get, I'm just gonna drive. Yeah, lose your band. I didn't even have yeah, and I didn't even have music on. I remember I was just like driving, and like my brain just. Yep. Yeah. And so I got to this, pulled up on the spot, and it was like, "Do not enter somebody's property," but it was obviously not somebody's property. Like it was just for sale. I was like, all right. I shimmied around this fence, and I found this little spot, and I was like, shimmied. "Oh shit, this is the spot. This is amazing." So I sat down, and just closed my eyes, and I started just visualizing. And I've only done this one other time where it felt like transcendental, like truly transcendental, where the other time I built my dream house. And I just, you know, like I like opened the front door and stood in my bare feet on the on the front uh, cement slab that's like under an awning and built the house. And I was just in there for like 45 minutes and I was like, whoa, you know, like <laughs> whatever. Was I, huh? so yeah, where was I? So then this time I was like, I want to I want to build my dream, um, like, I guess, occupation. Yeah. Right. Or dream situation. Yeah. So my biggest dream, my biggest, most out there wild dream would be, and I drew this somewhere, it's somewhere around here, but it's, I dreamt, I dreamt it up as like, you probably haven't heard of Eames, uh, Charles Eames. The and, Eames um, chair. Yeah. The Eames chair. So yes. Charles and Ray Eames were a couple that created the Eames chair. They were also head of like this insane fucking studio that mm. did pretty much everything that I want to do. Past like just video, furniture. They did photo. Like yeah, they, yeah. I mean, they did all the stuff for IBM during like the 70s. They did, or 70s and 80s. Um, they did the film for, <laughs> there was a film in the 80s. Each, during the Cold War, Russia and the United States gave each other films to learn about each other as a way of diplomacy and trying to like cool, cool the shit off. So we had to watch a Russian film about Russia and then they watched an American film about America. All of this is pretty much propaganda, but it it was the thing that they did. So they said, Eames, we want you to do this film. And so Eames goes, okay, I'll, I'll do this film, but um, I don't want to have it be one screen. I want to do, uh, I think it was seven screens. Uh-huh. I want to do seven screens because there's just too much to cover in 10 minutes or whatever it was. <laughs> and so there's seven screens. It probably went through like, Two, you know, a thousand highway interchanges and beach spots and all this stuff. My point being, incredible, incredible design studio and something that was truly governed by play, recess, feeling like, you know, you go in there and you just are like, where am I? Oh my God, where did I just step into? This is unlike any place I've ever been in my entire life. Yeah. There's shit coming down from the ceiling. There's weird experiments happening. There's people that are like, building a, an instrument in the corner, you know? Like, yeah. And that's Play. how their studio was. Yeah. Ultra, ultra, ultra experimental, ultra bizarre, but putting out incredible, actually, uh, corporate work. Yeah. Like, wow. high-paid corporate work, but weirdos. Yeah. I was like, that's it. That's what I want. And so I dreamt up this spot that was like that, where it was like a two-story white building facing the ocean that had, and then you and it goes down, it drops down as it goes down the hill, and then... In the in the lower part, there's a big meeting area, and then off to the other side, there's like a, a sealed off like a um, recording studio that faces the ocean. And I was thinking, yeah, I would love to run a record label, but never for money, yeah, only for fun. Yeah, so sign bands I love, expect nothing. Yeah, just give them a spot to go, and then I'll rent it out to people who want it and make them pay a premium rate, and then it'll pay for the whole building. You know, yeah. something like that. And then I was like, and then the top floor would just be like the Eames studio, just fucking gnarly. You walk in and you're like, what the fuck? And like, there's like a, I drew like a, a half dome that's on the 
top of the building. And I kind of stole this from Life Aquatic and it's called the, the observation dome. I think I called it or observation area or something, but no uh, electronics allowed. It's just like a bunch of pillows. It's only six feet tall. So you can't really stand up in it and do anything. You have to sit down and it's just to observe, you know, something like that. And then like maybe like a little satellite um, home that I was thinking, same concept, uh, like maybe it's like 200 square feet and, you know, it's like a library with like a record player and you like go there to think, you know, type of thing. And then another satellite spot that's like spray booth, like get messy, get crazy, like yeah. fucking throw shit against the wall, like do weird yeah, shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Campus kind of, like a campus of like weird fucking buildings that all have this purpose that all sort of create an ecosystem and like a place where in the new in the new age, I don't really want people coming to work. Right. I want this to be a space that like kind of how I view this space is like the, as um, site A or um, 1.0 of yeah. this vision yeah. where I don't really expect to outfit this place with like 30 people. I mean, it's not big enough for that, but even three people, I don't want to like have a bunch of employees. Right. I see myself having an assistant because sure. I think that would really help me. But I, I keep thinking of it as this space to collaborate within. It's like a space that you visit in order to ideate, in order to create the most fantastical thing where there's no rules. It was like my very first like iteration of Gordyland, really. It's like the way I thought of Gordyland was this place that was like a place I could go that's an escape. Your name is the final form of what it is. It's a place. It's an idea. It's a person, you know. It's a, it's a true noun. <laughs> wow. I don't know if it'd be called that, but that's kind of how I view Gordyland, you know, where it's just sort of like the first place I found a refuge, you know. That was the coolest fucking answer i ever could have expected <laughs> i was ready for you to be like well you know like i want to get a client that does this this and this and i'd like to level this up and install lights and stuff like this and you're like okay i've built a world Are i you built ready? a world <laughs> I, I built like, a world i just need to plot a land i need some funding but you know it'll work out and i think all the while too i've always been interested and thought that um i've looked up to with all the people hate him all the time but um shepherd fairy because mm -hmm. he bridged the gap between doing something that was artistic and something that was rogue and, you know, came from graffiti and all these things, but he sold it as a commercial. Yes. Com commercially. Yeah. So I have no desire to just strip away all my clients and say, you know, I'm just going to only work for private publishers and people that will allow me to do whatever I want to do. I think the true challenge, if you can wield your sword enough where you could work for AT&T and, and create the most incredible, groundbreakingly beautiful, visually spectacular campaign that cuts through, that still does the job, but it's beautiful. I think that to me, to me, that's the, the apex. That's like, if you can do that, you're the best. Best that ever did it. That's what I want to be. Fucking sick. <laughs> Holy shit. Dude, I, I had the feeling that this would be a good episode, but like, We've never talked about any any of this. Stuff. Really? Like I, I mean, you yeah. know, like we never yeah. gotten that deep on oh, anything. Like yeah, 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 yeah no exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like the uh, the amount of respect that I have for you and like how how I'm so inspired now. Like I'm hearing all of that yes. and I'm like I'm like I need to think bigger. I need that's, to play. That's the biggest currency right there. Dude. The best currency is to be inspired or Dude. to inspire. And like just how that is a huge takeaway and then also just how how truly you have committed to being an artist and nothing else. Yes. Like, I'm just like, 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a, that's a, it's like a, I heard somebody say, oh, it was Eames actually said, to be called an artist, you have to earn that. Yeah. You have to earn that. It's not something you can just call yourself. You have to earn it. And so every day I try to figure out how to earn it. You know? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and it's I think so too, that's good. like also rad because it's not limiting. I love it. You can do whatever you want. Dude, I love it mm-hmm. so much. <laughs> Thank you, man. You're very welcome. This was, this such was a so much fun. Pleasure. I uh, I I love doing these things, so I appreciate you having me on, dude. It was absolutely amazing. And and just to very very much conclude, where can everybody find you if they want to follow? Uh, so on Instagram, I'm Gordy Land. Yep, G O R D Y Land. On brand, um, pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> also that on Twitter, uh, my website currently is Gordy Land. Oh wow! Because land is a is a it is a it's a it's somehow that's great yeah pretty that's cool so good and I'm launching my studio soon cool so it's gonna be really cool I mean I have a name and I've got the domain and I got the handles I'm just sort of I wouldn't want anyone to go there yet because there's nothing on there what I'll do <laughs> is I'll update once it's live live yeah I'll go back into the podcast and I'll update all the the links in oh, the description. Cool. Perfect. So if, if you're listening to this on day one, maybe yeah, it's not it's there. It's probably not going to be there. But, but if this is a legacy listen and you're listening back a little while, go check. You're going to go, you're gonna go see it. Yeah, yeah it's going to be beautiful. Dude, thank yeah. you so much. Appreciate you, dog. This was amazing. Thank you. So there you have it. Gordy's episode. Again, I was so inspired by this one. His genuine love of art and his pursuit to do that and nothing else is one of the coolest things ever to me. If you made it here to the end and you got some value out of this episode, there's a couple things you can do that are so immensely helpful. The first one is subscribing wherever you're watching or listening, YouTube, Spotify, wherever. The second is telling a friend about it. Doesn't matter if you share it on social media, a screenshot on an Instagram story, tweet it, or legit, just take the link and text it to a friend that you think might also be inspired by it. If you want to go above and beyond, there's a Patreon with some bonus content, extra clips, extended episodes, playlists that I make, and I'll mail you some stickers and postcards. That's patreon.com slash where are all my friends. And lastly, if you enjoyed this one, make sure to hit Gordy up as well. He would love to hear from people that got something out of it. His Instagram is Gordy Land, and I'll put a link to all of his other work in the description. Thank you as always for listening. I'll be back next week with another episode.